0: hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 331, session number 101 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday. And I am fired up as usual, guys, because I just got back from Dallas, Texas, where I was able to meet about 40 of you, about 40 TASers out there showed up in Dallas, Texas, I mentioned that I was going to be there attending an event, which was pretty amazing, by the way. It was a ClickFunnels event uh, put on by, uh, well, the ClickFunnels staff, but it was also called Funnel Hackers Live, and uh, I got to meet Tony, well, not meet him, but I was able to attend a four and a half hour session with Tony Robbins, someone I've looked up to for years. I'm actually going to share with you some cliff notes from that really quickly because there's some some takeaways that I want you guys to, uh, to take away as well. I think it's pretty powerful stuff. But the one thing that I realized by going here, not even to the event, forget the event for a second, I was able to meet... About 40 TASers for about, oh gosh, I think we hung out for about three and a half, four hours, and uh, it was just really awesome to do that. And every time that I'm able to meet some of my listeners, it makes me aware of what I'm doing and the impact that I'm able to make by doing this, having a podcast and and having on guests and and uh, explaining my stories, the ups and the downs and and, and all of that stuff. It, it really just made me realize just by, you know, looking at people in the eyes and listening to their stories, really what it's doing for them. I mean, I had a brother and sister team show up about 25 to 28, somewhere in that range. I think he told me he was 25. The sister might be younger, maybe older. I didn't ask, but they drove all the way from Missouri. It was about a six and a half or a seven hour ride to show up to this TAS unofficial meetup just to hang out with more TASers or all of the TASers that showed up and also meet me and share their story. And it's just crazy because they're going to do just over $500,000 their first year in business, and they kept saying it's because I listened to the podcast, and that's what opened my eyes to this business. They even said they didn't even know what a keyword meant when I started talking about keyword research and all of that stuff, and they went from zero to to where they're going to do over $500,000 in their first year of business, which is just insane. I had another guy uh, come up to me, and uh, and he says, hey, Scott, I got to give you a, a hug because you actually changed my life because I listened to your podcast, and from there I started a business and been doing it now, I think he said, for about a year and a half, and uh, his goal is to pay off his house, and he's on target to do over $500,000 as well. It was weird. It was kind of like everyone was doing about $500,000. Uh, <laughs> not everyone, but it was just a coincidence that those two came up to me. And then another another person came up and said, they just got started and they're at about the $5,000 a month. So it was just really awesome to hear from people, and I, I said to them, I said, you know what, you haven't reached out to me though in an email and said, hey, Scott, these are some of the results, this is what's happening, and I said, you got to do that, like, I need to hear from you guys, if you guys are getting results of any kind, or if you've had any any sticking points that you busted through, I want to hear about those, so definitely reach out to me, I've actually set up another voicemail where you can leave that, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash action, Okay, And then just record a short message. Make sure you put in your first name, where you're tuning in from, and then just give me a little bit of where you're at. And if the podcast has helped you, let me know. I want to hear that stuff. That stuff motivates me to get on here and continue to, to really produce this content, but to also share our results and then other people's results. It just keeps me fired up. I came back from this event more fired up than I left you know, the the to go to the event. It was just it's just really gotten me fired up because now I can see those people. I can see the people that I'm serving. And uh, it really, again, it just excites me to see that what I'm doing is making a difference in the world. It's just really, really awesome. So Guys, I want to thank you guys for being listeners once again. All right, so I want to also give you guys another little update here and the reason is cuz I had one of our 1k fast trackers show up there and he's like, "Hey, I've been a listener for uh, for uh, over 12 months. I haven't done anything, and when you announced that you were going to do the 1k fast track, the little beta group that we have, I jumped right in." And it was kind of cool to shake hands with the 1k fast tracker and it was cool to hear also why he decided to join the 1k fast track versus just starting to launch his private label product, and a lot of it was because he was overwhelmed, didn't know what to start with, and just, you know, didn't know what product to pick and all that stuff, and the 1K Fast Track was really created to... Really help with that. It's to bridge that gap, and uh, it's just really awesome to hear that people are now taking action, especially in our 50-person beta group. And uh, right now, they're at week five, I believe, and we've got some pretty awesome results happening right now. Uh, before we even got started, we did a pre-challenge, and I talk about that. Uh, actually, I did about a couple episodes ago, but I also talk about the strategy that we taught inside of the class, the the pre-challenge, and that is in episode 312. So definitely go. Go check that out uh, but yeah we got people in there making money which is pretty awesome and I want to take a minute real quick to read to you just one of our, uh, one of our students in there and what they had to say about the 1K Fast Track so far and it was from Jason Byrne and he says, this course opened my eyes to selling online when previously I had little to no experience of this. People really buy anything providing the ranks good, even used items as well discovered in the first bonus module. Scott, Dom and Chris put so much time and effort into exceeding what was demanded by providing us with round the clock support and extra bonus videos included how to use helpful software to scan items and how How to list on Amazon. The access to 50 other students privately holds yourself accountable and drives you on even when you are working a dreaded J-O-B, all caps, and have to carve out time to do this. With all the extra goodies and weekly hangouts, this was the icing on the cake for such a tremendous course by people who really know what they're doing. Thanks a lot, guys. By the way, my last name is pronounced Burn. And he put that in there because I have a tough time a lot of times with people's last names and it's spelled B. Y-R-N-E, and I wouldn't have known how to say that, so thank you, Jason, but yeah, we've got a really awesome group in there, and that's just one of many uh, inside of the class. Uh, I did want to remind you guys, we are not open right now, or depending on when you listen to this, but if you want to get on the early registration list for when we do open the 1K Fast Track, it will be limited, again, to a small group of students. You can head over to 1KFastTrack.com, get all the details over there, get on the early notification list, because we do limit. The amount of people that we put in there. And last time when we did the 50 person beta group, we emailed people on that list and within six minutes, we filled all 50 spots. So if you want in, definitely get over there and get on that early list. All right. All right. So one thing I want to share with you before we jump into the questions, we are going to answer some questions here today. I got a lot to cover. I got a lot to cover. Um, Tony Robbins, I just had to give you kind of like a real quick down and dirty, Cliff Notes version of what I took away, and I wrote some notes down, and these were on my notepad, and the first thing he said was, don't fall in love with your project, okay, or product, (laughs) all right? That's one big thing that a lot of us do, right? We, we, we go all in on one product, and then all of a sudden, if it doesn't work, we try to make it work, and we try to make it work, and we try to make it work, and it's hard to get rid of it. I did an episode recently where I talked to Jeff Cohen about liquidating a product that might not be doing well, uh, so I'll definitely I'll link that up in the show notes too, but listen, Don't fall in love with a product or a project. And I think here what we can also say is, you know, you don't necessarily have to hit a home run every single time. If that product is doing okay, maybe it's a base hit. That's okay. It doesn't have to be a home run, all right? That could just lead you to the next thing. Um, The next thing that he had said was fall in love with your market or your customers or your clients, Find out what their needs are, find out what their sticking points are, what their problems are, and I don't care if you're selling a garlic press, those people buying that are a market in the cooking space. Start to learn the cooking space. Start to figure out what you can do to serve them better. Figure out ways that you can create content to help support them. I know it's a garlic press, guys, but there's ways that you can use the garlic press, or there's certain, maybe recipes, or certain techniques for crushing garlic. I don't know, but there's definitely other things that that Person is buying other than just a garlic press. I think that's what you have to focus on. The market, not necessarily just the product, okay? And the other thing he said was focus, the power of clarity and commitment. I love that. I love that it resonated with me so much and it made me say, you know what, Scott? You gotta write that one down. That's that's a writer-downer, okay? And because it's so true. If we can focus and get clarity on what we have to do or what we want to do and we commit to that we can achieve anything that we want. I don't want this to be a big motivational push for you guys, but I want you guys to know there is power in that. There is power and clarity and commitment, and one little example of that, and I'll give you guys a little bit of an update on my fitness journey if you guys have been following along. Well, I committed just about 60 days ago. It's a little over 60 days. I think it's 61 days. I'm not 100% sure. It's 60 or 61 days as of today, all right, that I committed to going with a program called T25, a Beachbody program, and you guys that know my story, you guys know know that I fell off the wagon about three years ago, meaning I wasn't keeping in shape like I wanted to. I'd get on, I'd just get jump off, I'd, I'd get in, I'd get out, you know, I just wasn't dialed in. And then I made the commitment. Actually, my 18 year old son helped me make that commitment. He said, come on, dad, you you got this. I mean, you looked really good when you were 40. Here you are 44. You can do it again. And he really motivated me to actually take action and do it. So I did. I committed to T25 for the first uh, 60 days and uh, we just finished up. And I am so proud to announce that I've lost 18.6 pounds to date to date, that's that's a lot, right, I'm, I was 192 pounds, I'm 173.9 pounds as of this morning, I weigh myself every morning, but it didn't happen because I just kind of went out there and winged it, right, I went out there and I followed the plan, I committed to it, okay, and I had perfect clarity on what I was going to do because I mapped everything out, all right, you really need to do that, we can relate this right back to business, If you are struggling at all with this right now, I'm gonna tell you right now, go over to episode 200 and 207. Those two there are gonna help you figure out your why. It's going to also help you figure out how to create that plan for you where you are today. So you can go ahead and create these little mini sprints to reach those goals. And I think it's really important because I made it through 60 days, right? So now what? Well, I gotta create another 60 day plan. Right. And I've already done that and I'm already on track. So you have to do that. And I have to also say, and I didn't even have this on my notes, the power of Mo, which I was reminded of again in the uh, in the book, The Compound Effect. You guys have heard me talk about that. The Compound Effect's a great read. If you have not read it, read it or use the audio book, whatever. But he talks about mo, getting mo in your life, and that is momentum. And now that I have this sixty days of momentum, I have results. It's it's going to keep motivating me, and that's the mo that we have to keep in our life. If you're in the 1K fast track, or if you're following that model, or you make your first dollar, guess what? You've got momentum. Then you make your hundred dollars, and then you make your thousand dollars, you and then you make your ten thousand dollars. That is momentum. That right there, I'm telling you, will drive you on every part of your business or your life. So get momentum, but it has to start out with these little small sprints, and you have to get clarity, and you have to stay focused, all right? So the last thing he said, which I loved it because it's really close to what I say, is massive action, but make sure it's effective execution. So take massive action but it's got to be effective, right? You got to look at the execution and how you're going to do it. So plan it, right? Go back to episode 200, 207, get the power of clarity and commitment working for you and then take that massive action, all right? Just commit to it. Make the commitment. Whatever happens for the next 60 days, I'm going to continually do this until I reach my goal, all right, so guys, I know that was a little bit of a rant, but man, I am fired up today because, again, this stuff is really powerful, and I had a lot of people at the TAS meetup in Dallas tell me, Scott, I love it when you go on rants, I love it when you start to talk about more mindset stuff, because the other thing that Tony talked about was the big thing that holds us back, The one of the biggest things is the mind, and I'm pointing at my head, the mind. That is the one thing that hurts us the most because we don't believe we can do it or we've been, you know, we've done something before and we failed before in our own eyes and we don't want to do it again because we don't want that failure, right? That's the fear. The fear is the failure. To me, there is no failure. There's learning lessons and there's a moment in time that can change everything in the course of your life. One moment, he said this too, it usually, if you go back to anything that's happened in your life, usually that one moment is what changed your life or created your life's path. Perfect example of this, and I know I said I'm going to get going, and I'm going to in a second here, but listen, one moment in time that if it was different, I would not be here right now, and there's a lot of those, but the one, there's one big one that sticks out in my head, and that one is 22 years ago now, actually 23, uh, if I had never met my wife I never would be where I am today because I never would have done all of the things that led me up to where I am today, okay? That one moment, I wouldn't have my three beautiful kids, right, I wouldn't have had those lessons learned through the process of trying to build my own business from scratch, from when I didn't think I could do it. If you guys haven't listened to episode uh, 300, go listen to that one, that's my entire story, and you'll hear all of the ins and the outs and the ups and the downs, but I'm telling you, it's usually one moment Another moment was when I decided to try Amazon. That one moment changed a whole nother direction of my life because then I started to see this opportunity and I seen that it could work. And then I started sharing it with people and then we get the podcast. And now that thing's blown up and now I'm having meetups. Now I'm having live events. Now I'm helping other people that have limited beliefs and I'm doing the 1K fast track and I'm doing uh, the private label classroom. Like we're doing all of these exciting things because of one moment, all right? So understand one moment can change everything for you, every single thing, and it can change the course or the direction of where you're going right now, so don't think where you are right now is where you're going to end up, because most likely, it won't, and I can't tell you where I'm going to be a year from now 100%, I have an idea, but I can't say 100%, because as I do things, as I take massive action, things start to emerge, okay, things start to come to the surface. And that's where you start to see these opportunities. And it's up to you if you want to take that moment and if you want to use it or if you want to forget about it and move on to the next thing. All right, guys, I'm going to get rocking and rolling out. I apologize for that. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to apologize for that because a lot of you said that you want me to do more of that. So I'm going to try to do that. And today I am just absolutely fired up uh, (laughs) so much. So uh, let's get rocking and rolling. What do you say? Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question and I'll give you my answer.
1: Hi, Scott. This is John Quishin. I recently pulled my private label product because I thought it was too risky. So now I'm researching a new private label product. Um, But the reason why I'm asking a question is I was listening to your podcast. I believe it's 293 you had with Michelle Love uh, explaining uh, product liability insurance. And right now I'm back as a reseller, uh, getting new money put together so that I can do another private label product. And I just wanted to find out what insurance do I need just as a reseller? I sell used books, small electronics, board games, and other items that I can find either wholesale, flea markets, You, you know all the places. Um that's my question. Uh, I'm not
0: sure if I am at risk or or not. Can you please help Hey, John, thank you so much for the question, and it's a good one, and I'm not sure I've ever answered this one before, but it's a great question, and I just wanted to say if anyone is at all interested in learning more about liability insurance, that episode was 293, and the title of it was Avoiding Lawsuits, Product Liability Insurance 101, and Best Practices, and that was with Michelle Love. Again, going back to that moment in time, I met uh, Michelle at one of our TAS Live Breakthrough events and uh, found out that she does insurance and she does liability uh, insurance or product liability insurance and other forms as well. And she's been doing it for over 20 years. So pretty awesome, right? That moment changed things for me because now I have a resource, which is uh, pretty awesome. And she's really, really cool. So uh, yeah, so that was a good episode. If you guys have not listened to that, definitely check that out. But what you're asking is if you have a product that you are reselling. So if you bought something that was a Mattel toy and then you're listing it on their listing, you're asking, do you need that liability insurance? Now, again, I'm going to put out the disclaimer. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a legal advisor or anything like that. But if you are selling someone else's product and you're using their listing, so really you're just saying like, here, here's Mattel's toy. Uh, You know, maybe it's a I don't know, a Lego set, I don't know, does Mattel make Legos? Maybe they do. Anyway, someone who makes Legos, let's say Mattel does, let's just do this for this example, so you're selling that product that you received at a discount at Target, so then you're going to list that product on Mattel's listing or the person that listed that toy, manufactured by Mattel means that they are going to be responsible, okay? That's my understanding because, again, you're not the manufacturer. Now, the thing that happens when we become a private label seller, we are the manufacturer technically. Even though we didn't manufacture it, we are controlling the manufacturing process. You're not going to get a manufacturer in China if that's where you're sourcing from, to give you liability insurance on that. Now, in some cases, if you're stateside and you're you're taking in white labeling or if you're private labeling in some capacity, there is sometimes that they'll have their liability. Supplements is a good example of this. A lot of times they'll have their own liability insurance policy that you can um, go under, uh, but again, that's something you have to talk to your attorney about and them about, but if you are selling anything at all private label-wise and it's, you know, it's got some liability attached to it, you know, something that could snap back and hit a kid in the face, or a kid could chew it and swallow it, or any of that stuff. You're definitely going to want product liability insurance, and Michelle Love is definitely someone that can can help with that. Uh, again, that episode that I would definitely listen to is uh, 293, which goes over all of that stuff, and I just want to kind of go back to the other part of that question that I just kind of went down the whole private label road, but if you are going down the retail arbitrage or online arbitrage or thrifting or any of that stuff, you are really going down the road of selling other people's products, right? Other manufactured products that you are not manufacturing, and I mean you, like you haven't sourced yourself, those usually should fall under the manufacturer, so you wouldn't really need to worry about that. Again, though, this is just... My opinion on this, if you want to ask an attorney, by all means do so, Um, but uh, again, that's what makes sense to me because, again, if uh, Mattel toys or Mattel is manufacturing a toy, um, they are the ones that are going to be liable, and I'm selling it as them on their listing. It's not even my listing. I'm just using their listing to sell their product, so hopefully that makes sense, and also when you are looking at private label products, that's a good point to bring up that definitely make sure that you're not like sourcing something that's that's you know a, a huge risk i mean you want something that uh you would look at and go okay there's a, probably a, a really you know low risk on this product and i mean like if you're sourcing knives well there's a pretty good chance there's probably going to be a problem down the road someone's going to cut themselves and you could be liable for that like Stuff like that that's really obvious, you know, stay away from that stuff in the beginning. I would personally. Uh, And again, there's going to be some regulations and all that stuff that you got to deal with. But just think about the product. Think about if this thing could potentially uh, harm someone. I got another example, actually. There's a a brand that I'm working with right now we're partnering on. And uh, there was a liquid that uh, she was coming to me with that, you know, maybe we we could launch this product. And I said, well, number one, yes, you could. Uh, but I wouldn't want to rate now where we are because it's a consumable in a sense, and it has other issues with it because it's something that could be. Consumed, you know, swallowed uh, by a kid or even by an adult, and then you're liable. Or if it comes from China, I wouldn't do anything in a liquid form from China because they're, you, you know, you never know what's in it as far as that, and you know all of the regulations and all that stuff. But if it's if it's stateside, if you're doing it in the U.S., I still would want to have some form of liability because again, it's something that if if someone gets it in their system they could technically die. You don't want to be liable for any of that stuff. Even though you might have the best like clear instructions and warnings and all that stuff, you can still be liable for that. So you just you got to be careful, but just use your head about it. I mean, use common sense. I mean, I always kind of go back to that. Like use common sense. Is this thing, you know, a huge liability if a kid gets it or if an adult uses it wrong or whatever, right? So just use your head. Uh, I always go back to common sense. I think we all have common sense. We just have to use it sometimes. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Let's do it.
2: Hi, Scott. My name is Amanda. I'm calling from the Wichita, Kansas area. I am interested in learning more about Amazon's pay-per-click advertising campaigns and optimizing my keyword searches. I have a few issues. However, I am a brand new seller So I'm not eligible to sell through FBA just yet. And um, I made a newbie mistake of canceling one of my orders. Uh, So my cancellation rate is at 4.76 instead of the allowed um, under 2.5. I am trying to get that rate down as quickly as I can. However, being a new seller... I don't have a lot of sales uh, to offset the the one cancellation. Therefore, my problem is I can't get the buy box because my cancellation rate is too high. And if I can't get the buy box, my products aren't eligible for advertising. And I was wondering if you had any advice, anything, words of encouragement, anything that I you might be able to... Um, Uh, to help my situation. Thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you.
0: Hey, Amanda, thank you so much for the question and uh, congratulations on being a new seller, right? This is awesome. You're, you're doing well because you got launched. The downside is, is you've got a really bad refund rate, right? Or, you know, you've canceled an order. So now all of a sudden it looks like someone canceled the order and I'm not quite sure why you did that. Maybe you I don't know, seeing that the product was, and it's just one product. It was kind of a little bit unclear there, but what I want to do though is still go back to the question of if my my, uh, seller account is really new, like really, really new, and for some reason... I got some, you know, negative uh, feedback on my account. We're really talking about feedback at this point. Uh, you know, what can we do to make that go up? Like, how can we get better feedback? And the answer is, sell more product, right? But you're saying, well, I want to be able to use. Pay per click. I can't really even get the pay per click because, or get to use it because I can't get the buy box. And the reason why you can't get the buy box is because you got bad feedback. Um, so there's some things there that you have to think about as far as like how can you, you know, beef up and kind of like get better feedback on your account. One easy way to do it would be to just start doing some retail arbitrage. Like Just go out there, start finding some random products, follow that whole process, uh, and then just go ahead and start launching some random products, start getting some feedback. I would also reach out to all of my customers at this point and be really making sure that they're happy and they're satisfied, and then asking them to go give you some feedback. Like We're not even talking about reviews. We're just talking about account feedback. That's what we're talking about at this point. And uh, I just... I don't know. I guess if you have a brand new account and you only had one product and it got refunded, that is going to look pretty bad. I would think that they would have something in their algorithm that could help with that. You might even want to call a support rep uh, you know, at seller uh, or at the uh, seller support. Um, and, and ask them. But I would say, I mean, just thinking out loud here, I would just be like, all right, let me just go on out and find some you know, products that I can find in Target or Lowe's or Walmart or drugstore or wherever at a discount. And then just even if you didn't make a huge profit, you just made a sale, it's going to then allow you to get your feedback score up. Um, that would be my uh, my recommendation. The other thing, uh, that I would say is, and the reason why you're not getting the buy box most likely and and that was a little confusing, too, because if you are the the seller, then you should have the buy box unless someone else is there. But I guess if your feedback is is poor, then uh, they won't give you it on the listing, but they would give it to like sold by these sellers. I think that's how it works on the back end. I think it depends too, on the category. but, um, forget about all that for a second. You're right. If you don't have the buy box, you're not going to be able to use pay-per-click. So I wouldn't even worry about pay-per-click at this point. I would worry about getting that feedback up. Um, and, uh, and by doing that, you're going to have to, or to do that, you're going to have to go out there and get some sales. And the way to do that is to do, I would do retail arbitrage uh, if I could as quick as possible and just get some products up there to start getting that feedback. So hopefully this has helped you. Once that happens though, make sure you have a good product. When you make sure that all your products have been inspected, make sure that everything is kind of checking out, and then you know you want to launch that product, and then you can start running your pay-per-click and all that fun stuff. All right, so hopefully this helped you. Good luck. Keep me posted. Let's listen to one more question. I'll give you my answer. We'll wrap this thing up, and you guys can get off and take some massive action, as Tony Robbins told me over the weekend. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to that next question.
3: Hi, Scott. This is Frank Urino, and I just wanted to say real quick, thank you for your Podcast. It's really inspirational, and I would like to essentially extend my gratitude because without uh, it, I wouldn't have essentially the courage to move forward in our uh, endeavors. Um, I do have a question for you. Uh, It's in relations to uh, a product I have. We just launched probably about uh, two weeks ago, but the problem is is we're not getting uh, eyes on the product itself due to, I'm assuming because it's as a merchant seller, so therefore we don't have the buy box and we don't have uh, the ability to run pay-per-clicks or the advertising because of it, uh, because we don't have the buy box. From my understanding, that's what it looks like, so... One little bit of insight to see if that's a, essentially, if my assumption is correct, that the uh, being that we don't have our items in Amazon, uh, we couldn't get them in because of the closure of their, their warehouses, uh, if this is possibly the reason why. So, again, thank you very much, and I look forward to your response.
0: Hey Frank, thank you so much for the question and thank you so much for being a listener. I appreciate that and I appreciate all the kind words and so glad that you are finding value in the podcast and you're actually out there using the information, which is awesome. So it sounds like this question actually came in, it's funny, I went back to our recordings And this one here must have fell through the cracks uh, because this was before uh, actually fourth quarter when they were not letting new FBA sellers send in products. So if you guys are brand new to this game, actually Amazon announced Uh, in November that there was a cutoff. They weren't going to allow any more new, I'm using the air quotes, FBA sellers. If you've never sent the product in, they weren't going to let any new sellers send any product in, but you could list it fulfilled by merchant. And it sounds like Uh, that was the case here. I think you were fulfilling it by merchant. Um, You were having a tough time with the buy box, which that's kind of confusing a little bit because I would think that you would have the buy box, so something there isn't making sense, Um, and then running pay-per-click, same thing. If you don't have the buy box, well, then obviously you can't use pay-per-click. That just doesn't work, Um, so I'm not 100% sure, but I did want to just say again And this seems like it's coming up here in this episode is people talking about the buy box. And anyone that's maybe brand new and doesn't understand what that means. If you have multiple sellers on your account, or if you're a a seller that doesn't really have high standards, you may not get that buy box. That listing may show that it's being sold by these sellers. And then you have to click out of the listing over to who it's being sold by. And then you would see you if you're the only one there. So That could be the issue. That also could be the issue of why you're not seeing Amazon pay-per-click because technically you don't have the buy box because the buy box isn't even appearing because the only person that's selling it is you and for some reason uh, you have either a, a, a negative feedback and they're not allowing you to have the buy box Or maybe the listing just went live and it hasn't had time to allow you to have the buy box. I mean, there's all different reasons why this could be, but you're 100% right. Like you're not going to have eyeballs on your listing necessarily unless, unless You have the buy box and if you can do pay-per-click. And the reason why I say buy box because you have to have the buy box to run pay-per-click. If you don't have the buy box, you can't run pay-per-click, and that's how you're going to get those eyeballs inside of Amazon. Now, let's think outside of Amazon. If you have this problem and you want to drive eyeballs to your listing and start getting sales because if you start getting sales, guess what happens? Amazon notices that, and they're going to start ranking you, and then you're going to start showing up. So I would say what I would do or what I would have done, depending on where you are in this process, even if you're just listening to this and you're running across this same situation, is I would do my own outreach. I would reach out to people in my market that are influencers or people that have a good size audience. Instagram, I would go to Pinterest, I would go to YouTube, I would you know, go to anyone in this space, Facebook pages and groups and all of that stuff. I would find out where my market is hanging out and then see who controls those audiences and then I would ask those people if I could run a promotion for them or I could give them product to give away at a discount or we can run a contest for a giveaway around my product. There's a whole bunch of different things that we could do. The other thing that we could do, which we've talked about and I recently just did a workshop with my good friend Chris Schaefer and that is Create a contest around your product in a sense that you are able to then sell your product on the back end. So we're building a launch list or a list, an email list of potential buyers in that market. And a real quick down and dirty way of doing this is to basically create a contest bundle that's similar to your product or that can be used with your product. And I always use the example of like if you're into fishing and if you're going to serve the fishing market, you are going to create a bundle around that market. So it would be maybe a fishing pole that that market really likes. It's a hot fishing pole right now. Maybe it's a $200 fishing pole. Well, I would take that fishing pole and I would use that as well. My bait, I guess, uh, This is kind of uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, right, using the two together, uh, it's where I'm using that thing to attract my customer, and then I would start advertising that on these different groups and say, hey, listen, I'm going to do this. I would do Facebook ads, I would do Instagram, I would do any channel that my audience is on, and then I would pay a spot to be there, and then I would start driving people to that contest, and I would do that for 20 to 30 days, and I'd build up an audience, an email list of people that are interested in that, and guess what? I might sell the tackle box. Or maybe I sell the hanger for in the garage to put your, uh, your fishing pole. Or maybe it's the vest. Or maybe whatever it is, the next thing that would seem right with that product, that would be on the back end that we could sell to that email list Later. And that could also start getting you some eyeballs on the listing. So again, it's thinking creatively outside of Amazon if you are not able to drive traffic right now. And another example of this is in jewelry. A lot of people are trying to sell in jewelry and they go, like, well, how do I how do I do pay per click? Like, how do I get eyeballs? And if you're if you haven't been in there for a while and you don't have access to any advertising uh platform inside of Amazon, you got to be creative about that. And that would be this maybe you do a giveaway for a really nice piece of jewelry. Maybe a 200 $300 piece, but then on the back end, you have all of these other things that you sell that you can drive people to later with discount codes and coupons and all that stuff. All right, so... Guys, I can go on that stuff for days. I actually did a workshop on that with, my, my like I said, my good friend, Chris Schaefer. Um, you can find that by going over to theamazingseller.com forward slash build list, and it's all one word there at the end, build list, and uh, we'll put it up in the show notes as well, and you can get all of that there. It shows, it lays everything out as far as how we've done that, and actually, we built many email lists now in different markets, and in this particular case study that we share, we built one of just over, I think it's 7,000 for this case study, but it's. sent went on to about 16,000 plus, Um, and we've just recently did other ones, which we've done over 5,000 emails, and another one we're working on right now, which it's only been about 20 days in, and we've got over 4,800 emails, so it works, okay, um, to build that list, and then from there, you can then offer your product, all right, so hopefully this helped you, I know I went on a little bit of a rant there or tangent at the end there, but it's Pretty powerful stuff, Um, but again, you have to figure out how to get your product in as FBA if you can, if it's an oversized item and you want to maybe do it. Fulfilled by merchant. Well, then you got a few other uh, a few other things you have to consider. But the main thing is is trying to get that buy box on your own listing, of course, right? Because it's your listing, and you want to be able to control that. So, uh, so anyway, that's pretty much what I got for you guys today. I went a little bit longer today, I think, because the beginning I was doing a little bit of recapping of everything that's going on, and I'm I'm really fired up to share all this stuff with you guys. So uh, I just uh, again want to say thank you so much for being listeners of the podcast and share with me you know, what's happening in your world, uh, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash Action. Let me know what you're taking action on, some of your results. I'd love to hear it and maybe even air it here on an upcoming show. Uh, Again, when I was able to meet these people up in Dallas uh, and they were sharing their stories, it was just mind blowing and also gave me another perspective of my audience and my listenership. And uh, I just want to say, doing that really does help me connect with you guys, just like I do here every single Friday on these Ask Scott sessions. And let me remind you if you want to, uh, ask a question to have it aired on an upcoming Ask Scott. Just head over to TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. Just record a short message there, first name, where you're tuning in from, brief message, you know, question, and uh, I'll do my best to answer it, all right? And uh, the show notes, this episode, TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash 331, all the links, all of the notes, and all that good stuff can be found over there. I'm going to wrap it up, guys. Again, stay fired up this weekend or this week, whenever you're listening to this, and just get out there, create your plan, execute on it, and get mowing your life, like I said, that momentum. All right, so that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you, but you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. I am so fired up today, you cannot even imagine. Take Action! Have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.